Hello, and welcome back to Not Want to Be a Little Friends with Sierra and I am Tanya Cross, aka Mama Cross. How you doing today, Mom? I'm good. I was frustrated, but I'm good now. I'm good. My OCD kicked in, so yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I found what I was looking for she, for she our listeners. She found what she was looking for, y'all. <laughs> I'm glad you found what you was looking for because you looked stressed earlier. I was. I really was. It aggravates me when I can't find something and I know that it's supposed to be where it's supposed to be and it's not there. So, yeah. And you said it's because of your age. I think it's because I'm getting older. Yeah. Is it because you're getting older or is it because you got a lot going on? Probably both. <laughs> A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay. So what are we going to talk about today, CC? <laughs> I'm glad you in a better mood. <laughs> we are going to talk about um, the new, newly, new Supreme Court judge or justice. Okay. Apparently there's a difference. I, I just know what you said. It's the same. One and the same. But her name is Katanji. Jackson Brown or Brown Jackson. Hold on. Let me get it right. Let me get it right. It is Katanji Brown Jackson. Miss Jackson, if you nasty. <laughs> really? <laughs> this is, okay. I'm not going to repeat that. But, anyways, so yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today because I think it's important. And it's a whole lot of black girl magic happening right now. And it's significant. Significant enough for us to come back and make an episode. So, here you go. Yeah, it's been a while since we made an episode, by the way. Um, a lot has happened since. It's been two years. Yeah, it's been over two years. <laughs> I mean, the last episode was January 2020. Yeah, so it's been over two years. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. yeah. But anyway, we back. A lot's been going on, but we'll share that later on in future episodes, what's been happening in our lives. But Katanji, let's talk about Katanji. Are you saying that right? Am I saying it right? I think you are. Okay. Because <laughs> I was looking it up earlier on how to pronounce it. According to Wikipedia, which you can't always trust Wikipedia, but it's Katanji. Okay, sounds right. Well, yeah. Like Jumanji. And apparently there's been a lot of issue with how to say her name. So we want to make sure we get it right. Oh, it has. What's, what is the issue with saying her name? People were saying it wrong. People were saying it wrong. A.K.A. Okay. News anchors who were reporting on the story were saying it wrong. Okay. And they couldn't seem to get it right. But I mean, I have been... See, listen, a lot of my, I ain't gonna lie, a lot of my news comes from my news feed on TikTok and Instagram, and sometimes CNN, but not that much. <laughs> um, so, that's what I be seeing. Okay. It's gotcha. clips of news anchors saying her name wrong. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, um, what have you been seeing? Well, I don't look at the news either, but I've been getting my information 
from Roland Martin Unfiltered. They've been following the stories. Roland Martin Unfiltered, what is it? That's on YouTube. That's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah it's okay. a black-owned news source. Um, that's where I get my information from. So, so what's been the word? Well, they pronounce her name right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. They pronounce her name right. And, you know, it's been very celebratory um, because she is the first black woman on the Supreme Court Justice. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, it's been very celebratory. Um, No issues. Um... With so okay, that. when you no issues, what you mean? Because before, when you told me we were gonna be talking about this topic, you felt like people in your age group, some people, not all people in your age group, had issues, you know, with her and her significant other. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going with this? Um, not. They had issues, but it was a point of discussion. Okay, a point of discussion. Okay, we'll say that. <laughs> but, hold on. Remember when we go into that? Because when you said no issues, I thought, like, leading up to her being... Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Of course she she got back backlash and stuff from the Senate confirmation and all that stuff. You know, people being extra. But was that was her husband a point of discussion on the show that you watched? No, he was not. Mm -mm. He was not. That surprises me, but that's really good. (laughs) Cause if he was, I missed that episode, but I I did not see any episodes where he was an issue, well, a concern or a topic of discussion, as you put it. (laughs) Well, I mean. From my perspective, <laughs> it wasn't. It was a topic of discussion because of that picture that they had took after she got. I think it was after they got finished of him kissing her on her forehead, and a lot of black women was like, mm, "That he is affirming her in front of all these people. That's real love, right?" Mm-hmm. And then the topic of. I'm trying to how to put this into words. And then the topic of like essentially do we need to start looking at dating outside of our race to get that type of affirming love because she is married to a white man. But at the same time, you do see affirming images of black couples too. I I was gonna say you you see I think you see that in, with with black couples as well, but it was like I said it was just a point of discussion. It wasn't the whole story, right, right. But I just thought it was it was interesting to think about. So are you considering dating outside your race? Um, and by the way, CC. Is an African American woman. In case y'all didn't know. <laughs> okay, I think that was clear, but um, no, because if I'm being 
honest, I want that black love in my life. That's a goal of mine, per se. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to be closed off. <laughs> to options. To other options. There you go. But at yeah. the same time, I don't think... I don't think... Can't even talk. I don't think that other races find me attractive. Well, the thing is, like this, I don't... Some people may intentionally seek it out, but I think at the end of the day, love is love. Yeah. Um, and when you find it, it it doesn't really matter who 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 is with. Love is love. Um, so, and it's whatever who whatever whoever makes you happy. Um, and happiness in a relationship, because I think I can talk to this, because I've been married for 28 years. And to a black man, by the way. <laughs> I've been married for 28 years, and I started dating my husband in high school. So I think I can say this. Um, having a relationship, period, in addition to having a marriage, is work. Like, it's nothing easy. Um, it's def- definitely something you need to be dedicated to and committed to. Um, because I basically grew up with my husband. So, as we grew, we changed. And because we changed, it required for both of us to adapt mm-hmm. and to be flexible um, so you ain't never dated outside of your race or considered dating outside of your race? No, I, I haven't. Hmm. But, like I said, I started dating your dad in high school. Exactly. So, so, I mean... And you went to a high school with a lot of wine boys. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, I just, that, I just never was attracted. Not that they weren't attractive, but it just, they... I just didn't, I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your daddy caught my eye and kept it forever. Well, at least until now. <laughs> and I, I don't think I <laughs> What do you mean at least until now? Tell yeah, me. wait, oh. pause, reverse. <laughs> reverse, I said reverse. up until now, like, and I don't think it's going to change. I don't, I don't foresee it changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we, we invested in each other at this point. Yeah. It's an investment. Oh, she made it sound like a business transaction. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> but yeah. Mm. So we just went from <laughs> to uh, relationships and how to maintain relationships and what that looks like. But it's work. It's it's not. It's definitely not easy. But for a single person, my advice would be no first. First and foremost, love yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, establish a relationship with yourself and have confidence in who you are within yourself because no man can affirm you the way you can affirm yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, they not saying they can't, but you need to be able to affirm yourself first. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
And then be, that way you won't look to a to a man to do that. It'll just be an an addition of love and an additional love and an additional well <laughs> from the outside looking in <laughs> um <laughs> seeing stories like that are great and it gives you hope but at the same time you also have to deal with the reality <laughs> of life so what's the reality <laughs> what's your reality because because you, you can only speak from your experience and your perspective it's hard out here in these single squizzies. That's the reality. And what it makes you it not even want to try. What makes it difficult though? Why is it hard? Because you realize that one, everybody don't grow up the same. So everybody don't communicate the same way. So you have to find somebody that knows how to communicate. And you have to also learn how to be able to adjust your communication, which is hard sometimes with different people. Um, (laughs) And then it's like, and then you find those people that you connect with, but then even that is not really giving you those feels, you know? Like, ooh, I like this person, but like, do I like like him for real for real or he just a distraction because I want to be around somebody right now because like you said you have to find love within yourself and da, 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 da. I'm trying to do that right so I'm trying to get used to being alone and being by myself and I feel like I'm getting too good because now I don't want to go nowhere <laughs> I, when I do go out, I most times I'm out with my friends. I'm not really out with a dude. I go on dates here and there, but, like, it don't never turn into nothing. Like, it's just, it is what it is. It never Well, maybe because you just haven't met that person, your person yet. Because I feel like everybody's person is out there. It's just a matter of the stars getting in alignment. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> you say so? Uh, and you connecting with that person. Or maybe you met that person and it just haven't happened yet. That's possible, too. Y'all pro- probably, you probably have already crossed your person's path, but... That I guess love connection haven't sparked or happened yet, but I believe everybody's person is out there. These girls, I'm doing it now. No, okay, if you say so, but that's my that's my opinion. That's that's how I feel. Okay, you got a lot of hope for somebody because you already in a relationship. You found a little. I know, but I mean, initially though, when I met him, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know he was the one though. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was the one till probably the probably mm, I'm I would say seven years into the relationship. 
Because, like, when we was in college, we dated off and on. Because we was like, okay, we at different colleges. We're going to date other people, yada, yada, yada. But we always came back to each other. So, it ended up being with each other. So, so okay. that's so after we graduated from college, I realized, okay, he must be the one. Because everybody I dated while we was going through the dating process, I compared them to him. And I was like, well, they, they don't do me like he do me. Or they don't treat me like he treat me. Mm-hmm. Or like, why am I even wasting my time? <laughs> well, ain't that a great little love story? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's when I realized, okay, he's my person. That's what's up. I love that for you. But I don't see that happening for me. <laughs> like, but you got to be optimistic. Do I? Yeah. If it's just going to fall in my lap. Do I? Yeah, you got to be optimistic because whatever energy you put out there, that's the type of energy you're going to attract. So if you put out positive energy, then positive energy going to come back to you. It's just like karma. Whatever you put out there is going to come back to you. Do you believe in karma? <laughs> why? Why you ask me like that? Do I believe in karma? Yes. Okay, well it works the same way then. If you put positivity out, positivity will come back to you. If you put negativity out, negativity will come back to you. Okay. You control your destiny. You control. You you have more control over your destiny than you. That I think people don't realize how much control they have over their destiny. You have control over your destiny. Well, <laughs> are we gonna wrap this up? <laughs> I mean, we eighteen minutes in, so oh, we still good. We can circle back okay. to Miss um, Jackson. We can circle back to Miss Jackson. So, like, judge. how did... Okay, Judge Jack. Jackson. I'm sorry. Address her properly, oh, ma'am. Okay, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> judge Jackson. How did that make you feel when you found out? I was excited. I think I was the only person at work uh, sneaking with my earphones on, listening to... <laughs> waiting to hear... They'll say she's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. I I was excited. Um, I was like, you know, it it just felt like the the ancestors was just celebrating, you know, and it it was a great feeling. It was a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know what us. And when I say us, African-Americans, pe- people of color in general, the whole diaspora, when one of us accomplish something, it's like all of us, you know, accomplish something. So it, it was a win for all of us, you know. It was a celebration for all of us, yeah. But now I did hear, you know, some some men, you know, had some... Issues. <laughs> issues like what? Like, you know, uh, it was difficult for them to celebrate because, I guess, I mean, but they got a black 
I well, I don't know. Maybe everybody will consider Clarence Thomas, even though he, you know, his views doesn't align with the majority of African American people. So let's just say that. So maybe he don't count for them. I don't know. Hmm. But he is a black supreme. Yeah, that is right. That is right. Well, that's good. Well, I mean, I found out when, like, the next morning, because I found out when I was looking at Instagram when I woke up. <laughs> so, and I woke up, I was like, yay, that's a nice thing to wake up to. I felt good all day. Like, I could conquer the world. And you, and you still can. You can. Mm. We all can. <laughs> we all have our. We all have our, our, our destiny. It may not be to be on the Supreme Court, but everybody has their their purpose in life. Everybody has their own sphere of influence. You know. So, and it, but I think that comes with the self love that I was talking about. And being able to affirm yourself, once you get to that point, then you start realizing what your purpose is and how you're supposed to serve others. So when did you realize what your purpose was? Oh, man. What? Okay, let's start with a different question. What is your purpose? What do you feel like your purpose is? I think my purpose is to to bring joy mm-hmm. um, to people. And I feel like I bring joy to people and to spread peace to people through my accessory designs. Like, because... Creating my accessory designs give me joy, give me peace, and I feel like that energy, once again, talking about the energy, like positivity, I feel like that energy is transferred. You, you seem mm-hmm. very woo-style. <laughs> <laughs> that energy is, is transferred into every design I create. So, And I feel like that energy makes my customers feel a certain way. Actually, I know it does because a lot of my reviews say, oh, when I put it on, I feel like this. Or I feel like that. And I was like, yes, it's working. So, yeah. Um, I also feel like my purpose is to educate. Um, I think I've always been a teacher, but I think I'm finally coming into that, you know, now. After 50. Because I think my... The first half of my life, I was being a wife, I was being a mother, I was sewing into my husband, I was sewing into my children, and making sure they had what they needed to be successful and to succeed. And now, post 50, I feel like this is my season. This is my season to be who I'm supposed to be. This is my season to serve my purpose, what I feel like my purpose is, that which is beyond being a wife and a mother. And a pharmacist. Yeah, I'm ready to leave that behind. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready to leave that behind too. Because, because I really felt like that was 
for me, that was a means to me to end to make sure my family had what they needed to be successful, what they needed to have experiences, you know? So, Life from what I'm gathering, before or after 50, did you figure out your, when your I think it was after. I think it was... I think I knew before 50, mm -hmm. but it came full circle post 50. But I think I knew before. I knew before 50. I think I knew probably when I was 28. I would say 28. But, you know, I had life happens sometimes, you know. And for some people, it's a shorter period. Some people, it's a longer period. For me, it was a longer period. And I had to, you know, work some things out, go through some things, experience some That's things. That's crazy. So, you already had two kids. Right. So, yeah. So. That's this that's age, right? Desi is 29. She's a year older than that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but enough about me. Let's uh, let's 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 wrap this this conversation up. Okay. <laughs> let's go for let's come full full circle. What what do we want our listeners to take away from this conversation? <laughs> oh uh, we're gonna celebrate I thought you was going to ask me my uh, what I thought my purpose was. I, I am. I am. I am. But we won't. You just said we was going to wrap it up. We are wrapping it up, but we're going to wrap it up with you saying that. So first, we want them to celebrate Judge. <laughs> Judge Katanji Jackson, I guess. Jackson. Yes. Okay. Um. Confirmation. Yeah, we want to celebrate that. We definitely Court want to justice. celebrate that. Secondly, we want everybody to seek and indulge in self-love. Okay. And to seek out their purpose. Okay. And lastly, we want to know Sierra's. But Sierra feel like her purpose. Keep <laughs> it Okay. This is the full circle. This is the end of the circle. You gonna close this out, see? Okay. Um, I don't. I thought I knew what my purpose is, was, or is. Uh, however you say it. <laughs> um. I thought my purpose was to be of service to people, but right now, being of service to people is exhausting me. So I don't really know if that is really my purpose because I feel like if it was, I would be enjoying it. And I'm not enjoying it right now. So, I don't know. <laughs> right, and then going back to what I said, there are seasons. We have seasons that are like, maybe that was your purpose for a season. So maybe now that you're transitioning into a new season, maybe... There's gonna be a shift in things for you, but the only way you gonna way you gonna get that answer is know that answer is you know to to spend time with yourself, 
Find out what you like. Find out what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what, how you can better serve or fulfill whatever you feel like you're calling in. Okay. Well, I'll probably leave that. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a good conversation, <laughs> Sierra. This is a good conversation for coming back after two years. What do you think? You agree? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I got... Yeah, it was a good conversation. Okay. <laughs> well, how do you want to close out? We haven't... We didn't honestly figure that out before we started recording. We'll just say bye <laughs> and listen to us on Anchor. And it's also on... Um, it broadcasts on... Um, what's the iPhone thingy? Um, Apple, Apple Podcast. Yeah, Apple Podcast. You can hear us there as well. And I think it posts to Spotify. And Spotify. Yeah. So check us out there, guys. We out. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Not One of Your Little Friends with your host Sierra Cross and I am Tanya Cross, aka Mama Cross. Hello guys, we're back for another episode after our comeback episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, this episode, um, I guess we're going to start the conversation off about a recap for Mother's Day. Did you enjoy your Mother's Day? My Mother's Day was wonderful. We did a mountain retreat. My husband hosted a mountain retreat. For myself, his mother, my mother, and his older sister. So it was fun. Did you have fun, Sierra? I had fun. It was very fun and relaxing. And it got me prepared for the crappy week that I had. (laughs) Say the crappy following week. Yeah. What did you think about the house, guys? He rented a house. Um... (laughs) Wait, did he get that the Airbnb or no? No, no. It was somebody he knew personally. Oh, okay. <laughs> what did you think about the house here? I thought the house was really nice. It was really nice. I liked it. It gave very much bougie, rustic vibes. Yeah, did you? I liked it better than the house we rented when we went to Destin because I felt like this house. The mountain mm-hmm. house was more of a home, and the Destin house had a more of a rental feel. I mean, mm-hmm. like it was designed for rental. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It really didn't have a home feel, but this particular house had more of a home feel. Even though it's a rental property, mm-hmm. it still had more of a homey feel to it. I thought it was an Airbnb, so <laughs> I didn't get that home feel. But that's nice that you got... Bad you didn't get a homie more really. homie <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that he hadn't gotten it through Airbnb. Oh, okay. So that's what's okay. okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's not officially like uh, listed, I don't think. I think we were, were their first guests. They doing a test run. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was really nice. I like the decor. It was a lot of white and gold. Yeah, but I think they used the like chose a neutral decor mm. 
for decorating purposes, make it easier to decorate. Yeah, the telescope that we couldn't figure out how to use. We couldn't figure out how to use the telescope. But the views were just beautiful. I think my favorite part about the whole trip was the escape room. Our escape room adventure. That was my favorite part. Honestly, that was my favorite part too. I learned stuff about my family members that I didn't know. Yeah. Because we were locked in a room together. <laughs> that was great. It was fun. Of course, guys, FYI, Sierra took the lead. And, and I don't feel like I took the lead. Yes, I feel did. like everybody did their part and everybody contributed in their own little way. We still didn't escape. In time, <laughs> I feel like we worked together. Yeah, I think we worked. We worked well together. We did good. We did good. But um, Sierra has given me the reins on this episode. She said I can take the lead. So um, one of the topics I wanted to cover uh, relating to current events is the Buffalo, New York. Um, grocery store shooting that recently took place and the shooter one of the things noted in his manifesto was he had a manifesto yes he so had like a this was planned yes one of the things mentioned in his manifesto was race replacement theory what's race replacement theory is this ideology that white people are being replaced by immigrants and other people of color that they're I guess in a sense their needs when are say, not a priority. <laughs> not necessarily needs, but their 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 position in the U.S. is not not necessary priority. That's probably a wrong word, but not as high as it has been because they feel like they're being replaced by. Uh, immigrants and non and people of color. When you say the word replace, though, like like opportunities, um, various opportunities, whether it's job opportunities. So um, you say that, and what I hear is it is becoming more fair and equal. Exactly for everybody. It's, exactly, which don't put them on the top. Priority list anymore, so that they so th- this is telling me that they know they up on the top priority list. So all this stuff about oh it's, it's equal, it's the same. It's not. They even know that's that's not true. Correct, and I never really thought about it like that. But you're right. That lets you know that that equality and equity is. In, in a sense, because in some areas it does exist. I feel like it does exist. Very few areas, but in some areas it does exist. But it, we definitely have plenty, plenty of room to grow 
across the board. And so these people don't want that growth to happen. Exactly. Exactly. But that was mentioned in his his manifesto. Hmm. Yeah, so... Okay, because, I mean, really, okay. When I heard about the story, the main things that I heard, and again, this is coming from social media, (laughs) and people commenting on social media, um, I did read uh, one article, um, and that was because I was seeing so much stuff on social media. I was like, okay, what happened? But... I didn't realize he had a manifesto, but I knew that essentially he walked into the grocery store mm-hmm. armed and um, killed specifically black people. Um, one of the other things that I read about was the fact that essentially the police department in that area kind of knew that this was going to happen and didn't put proper protocols into place to prevent it from happening. Um, and so there was a debate as far as people felt like the police didn't do their job because the group he was trying to target were black people. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. I mean, I know as time goes on, I'm sure this this story going to continue to unfold and we're going to learn more new things about it, but I was not aware of that. That's interesting. Okay. Wow. It, the way that, because I, I have, I heard about it. First, I heard about it on a podcast that I listened to. Mm-hmm. And basically, the way that they were putting out the information was that the police could have done something about this. Well, did you hear about the 911 call? What 911 call? <laughs> One of the people in the grocery store made a 911 call, and the 911 person hung up on them, talk, asking them, why are you whispering? Wow. Yes. So, no, that's why I say wow. as okay. time goes on, um, I think this story is going to continue to develop. And we're going to find out more and more stuff about what took place and what people knew Mm -hmm. previously, you know, before all this happened and ways that it could have been prevented. But, yeah, someone in the grocery store made a 911 call and she was whispering and the the, uh, 911 person was like, why are you whispering? She's like, it's an active shooter here in the grocery store and I don't want them to hear me. Mm-hmm. And apparently she got frustrated with the caller and hung up. So Does this person still have a job? They are, <laughs> how, oh my God. They, this person has been placed on leave. I think they own, I don't think they got fired as of yet, as I know of, but they have been placed on leave and they're investigating the situation. How do you? But to me, like, but that's you... your one and only job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how you be? How can you have a job as a nine one one caller? And because to me, you would think 
they get people that call that's trying to be discreet. Yeah. A lot. And I just find it, it baffles me that the caller was frustrated by the fact that the person was whispering. But Especially if they're, they preface that information with the fact that there's an active shooter and they ain't trying to get shot. Like... Oh Jesus! No, I did not. I did not hear that part. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And um, your dad was sharing with me how he saw a video where, um, the shooter, cause the shooter actively recorded the whole the whole thing, and on the video he saw a clip of the video where he ran into some white people in the store. He was getting ready to shoot them. He said, "Oh, I'm sorry," and kept going. Like so, he went in there with the intent. So when of we killing, don't have a conversation about white terrorism, exactly, because um, he went in there with the intent of killing black people, and I don't know why mainstream media have a problem using, even using the term white terrorist, like. They, they, they would say domestic terrorists. They would say, but they have a problem identifying that the person is white. Um, they have a problem saying because nobody, <laughs> nobody in America wants to call a thing a thing. That's the whole reason why they're so upset about critical race theory because it's calling the thing a thing. I, I, I believe it. They. The powers that be, I agree. They don't want to call a thing a thing. But I really feel like until we address it and and name it for what it really is, it's going to forever be an issue. It's going to forever be a, a problem. I mean, because now black people can't even go to the grocery store no more. I, I mean, they can go to the grocery store, but not without concern. A reservation that some deranged, crazy white person feel like they being replaced and they gonna eliminate what they feel like is the problem, you know, another, of them being replaced. So uh, yeah, I mean, another discussion that I've been hearing here and there from social media and the different podcasts that I listen to is essentially. This got less media coverage than the Oscar situation. And that being a whole nother discussion. Why is black on black violence talked about so dramatically? And and the longevity of it. But then something like this happens, and those same people that are outraged about that aren't also outraged about, about white on black violence. But I mean, we already know the answer to that. But yeah, we know the answer to that, Steve. It's 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 just the mainstream media's way and ability, which is a shame they have that ability to control the narrative. To control... Well, I mean, I will say the podcast that I listen to more so focused on celebrity outrage. Like, you have celebrity outrage 
from white celebrities about this, but those same celebrities weren't outraged that innocent people got gunned down. And that's ten times worse than somebody getting slapped. Right. I concur. I just... It makes me not want to go outside. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how else. I don't know how else to say that. It makes me not want to go outside. And I know that's not the type of thinking that I should have. But. That's where I'm at. I already don't want to go outside. Because people are trash. Now this makes me not even want to go outside even more. But. But. In that same vein we can't allow fear because that's the whole purpose of it is to fear to generate fear to create chaos and we can't allow fear to control us and determine how we move i think we should use caution but i don't think we should allow allow it to limit us. Does that make sense? I think as people of color that it's time for us. It's it's apparent. <laughs> it's very apparent that we're kind of on our own kind of thing. And we need to form some kind of coalition or something and figure out, you know, what we need to do or how we need to move forward in this country because there's there's an attack on our mere existence. I mean, and, and the thing about that, though, the sad thing about that, though, this ain't new. No. You know, this is not new. This been going on for over 400 years, but... I guess it's new in a sense that we're experiencing it firsthand. It's not like it's not a secondhand story that you hear, right? Like you get you you seeing it all in your face, in your lifetime, in your lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you hear about the Tulsa stories and them burning down everything in Durham and. All that, but yeah, this is. But like, now it's it's a. I think for for my generation and your generation, it's a re. It's our reality, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause like your grandmother, she experienced it during segregation, you know, and knew. But, but this is I, I guess our generation's experience with white supremacy. And the and the real and the reality of it, and the impact that it has on this nation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Whew. But we are actively working towards solving these issues. How? By voting. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great segue 
and to uh, Ness. And y'all, and, and us laughing is not in no means minimizing what happened to these people. But for people of color, I think laughter is our way of not crying. Laughter is our way of dealing with 400 years of trauma. Like... You and laugh like to not cry. You try know? to deal with the drama, the trauma head on, the more pushback <laughs> there is. Because right. I feel like one of the ways to deal with trauma is to teach what happened so that history does not repeat Peter itself. Self. But they don't even want to teach the history. Exactly. So we can't do it that way. Okay, well then, let's arm ourselves. We arm ourselves, we get in trouble that way. Because everybody can't have a permit if you go through the proper channels of getting a permit. I have people come to my window all the time trying to get their gun permit license reinstated. And my frustration with that is, along with other things, frustrations that I have with my job in the courthouse is nobody has yet to lay out the steps so that I can walk somebody else through the steps. Anytime I get somebody to come to my window and I'm trying to help them even do the paperwork, even I get the runaround as to where I need to send them. And I work there. So it's just like... So why do you think they don't want these individuals to get the gun permits? Why are they making it difficult I don't think that they don't necessarily want them to get it. It's just that's the the culture of the courthouse that I work at is let's just drop this problem off to somebody else so I don't have to deal with it. Or I don't think it's isolated to... Your courthouse. I think it's it's a part of the system. The system is set up to make things difficult. The system is set up to make things not easily accessible with the hopes that people get frustrated and just say, forget it. I really do believe that that's a part of it. I really do believe that. Because my thing is, why tell people that they can get their gun rights restored, but then not give everybody in the courthouse a layout of how they're supposed to do that so we can direct people properly? Right. Now, are these people like former felons or something? I mean, there's there's different reasons as to why your gun rights can be taken away. One of them is because of criminal matters. Another reason could be you were at some point in time deemed incompetent. You just got your competency back. So now you can go through the process of restoring all of these rights. But even with that, like, you got to get your stuff through the judicial hospitalization people and then file the paperwork with them and then do... It's it's a a lot! (laughs) And, and And, like, I get... With certain situations, I get why it's a lot. It's a lot, right? Because you want to make sure that that when people are restoring their rights, that they really do have the competency to To do do these things again, right? Because you don't want crazy people slip through the cracks either, right? Right. I get it. And no, let's just say 
challenge. Mini challenge. <laughs> okay, I don't sorry. like the C word. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not crazy. I take that back. But like people who have mental issues or mm-hmm. have gone through breakdowns, but now they on their medicine and they good again. Like you don't. You want to make sure they good, good. Yeah. I I get it. But to the same extent, they letting these white people do whatever the heck they want, whether they mentally capable or not. So it's just like... That's that's another question that's come up with this whole thing that I, to my knowledge, as of today, I'm not aware it's been answered yet. As an 18-year-old, first of all, how did he get access and how is he able to purchase um body armor and the weapon that he had and why when he purchased it or something wasn't flat saying okay this person is purchasing body armor why why would this individual checks and balances are not in place currently and they don't want those checks and balances in place because then you have to hold people accountable Accountable. and they don't want to be held accountable for anything okay nothing you're right you're right see you're right I'm sorry. That's the answer. I'm sorry to yell, but that—that's the bottom line. Nobody wants to be held accountable for anything, at all. Right. Because then you have to deal with the real issue, and that takes work. And And nobody wants to put in the work. Nobody wants to put in the work. Why? Because that's going to take time and effort and money. Right. Because if we really did the work, we would have taken the money from the police and put it in the other things to put in place to help with all these checks and balances. They don't want to do that. Because then if you look look at the police and you take the money from the police and you put in checks and balances and it actually works, then you're going to be looking like, why we need all this money for the military? It's going to start to hold people accountable and they don't want none of that to happen because right now the status quo is working out for enough people. No, it's working out for white people. Let's call a thing a thing, okay? Like you said, we're going to say it. Say it. It's working out for white people. White people that's in, not for all my white people say, but it ain't helping me. Not all white people, but white people that's in positions of power. Because at the end of the day, that 18-year-old boy was the pawn for a white person in power. And he going to take the fall for somebody else. Because at the end of the day, all of us that, that ain't in that 1%, we all getting... F'd over. <laughs> I mean, you know, I at mean, the end of the day, it don't matter what your economic status is. It don't matter what your race is. It don't matter. It, you still get F'd over by the 1%. And, and, and that was, that's another thing that frustrates me is why those individuals can't see that. Like, are you so blinded by racism that you can't even see 
No, no, no. It's the accountability thing. What you mean? If you, break you, it down. If you, if you go through that and you actually pay attention to what's happening, then you got to hold people that look like you accountable and tell them that what they're doing is wrong. Okay. But you don't want to tell them that they're wrong. Because for some reason, you still think that if I let these people who look like me do what they are doing, eventually I can get to the point where I can do that too. So it's all about money, power, money and power at the end of the day. Listen, and then for somebody like me who was just like, if all of this is happening, then what's the effing point? <laughs> I'm just saying, you're like, bro. What? Because it's a lot. And then, you know, I know we this wasn't on our agenda to talk about, but it's a lot of people of color becoming expats. Like, they're like, after this, we going to another country. We moving Listen, from the U.S. That's a thing yes. on TikTok, bro. I'm telling you. That is a thing. That's like a trend on TikTok of, of black people reporting, not necessarily reporting, but essentially saying how great they're doing in other countries and what are now, what's now being deemed safe countries for black people to move to and prosper. Mexico's one. Which I was surprised by because anytime I hear about Mexico cartel, dangerous. Don't go there. Right. But that's that's another I mean, not saying that the cartel don't exist. I'm not saying that. But I think that's another way of controlling the, the narrative. Making using fear as a mechanism to keep people trapped in a situation. So we moving to Mexico. Because I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, bro. <laughs> because these black women out here look like they prospering. And I want some of that. It's definitely something to think about. It really is. Definitely something to think about. And then, you know... And then, and then the whole thing about going back to the replacement theory. We gonna move on, but going back to the replacement race replacement theory, like the whole logic of the concept don't even make sense because you're 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 an immigrant yourself. You're not an original American. So what? They don't. I don't even understand. They don't look at it like that. I don't even understand why you feel like you're being replaced. This is not even your country in the beginning. Like this country belonged to the Native Americans. Listen, I know that. You know that. They know that too. You're not gonna tell me they don't know that. You're not gonna tell me they don't know that. So, sir, ma'am. Ignorance is bliss, man. Like, that saying is so true. Ignorance is bliss. If you act like, if you act oblivious and ignorant to the things that you don't want to deal with, you don't have to stress out about those things. Ignorance is bliss. They choosing to act like they don't know because ignorance is bliss. It really is. If I go through a whole day of not knowing how to do things, 
People are going to do it for you. Ignorance is bliss. Mm. Moving on to black girl magic. <laughs> Let's talk about these um, newly um, primary winners that we have. Yeah, back North to Carolina. our voting matters point. <laughs> That we have in North Carolina. Um, congratulations to um, Sherry Beasley on hey. her North Carolina U.S. Senate race nomination, you representing go, um, the Democratic Party. You go, girl. Um, shout out to Senate, Senator Valerie Fauche, hey. who won her primary you for the go, North girl. Carolina Fourth Congressional. Uh, District, um, yeah, so the article um, I recently read was saying how more black women at record numbers are running for political positions. Because if we don't do it, who gonna do it? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> so we might as well do that too. They're having success. They're having success. A lot of them are first time, um, this their first time experience in running for a political office, and they're having success. You so, know why they're having success? Why? Because when you see a black woman, regardless of who you are, you see a black woman and you see reassurance. You see a black woman, you see safety. Hmm, interesting. People don't want to admit that, but that's a fact. It's been a fact since slavery. As much as they try to downplay us and say that we loud and ratchet and angry, if we there, they know something gonna get done. Hmm, interesting. And and I agree. I concur. But like you said, I don't think they would admit that. But subconsciously, they know that. And when I say they, I'm speaking about white people. Let me, I, I'm, I'm going to keep it, keep it, what you say, see, call a thing a thing. Mm -hmm. Because when I walk into a room Because black of, people know that. Yeah, when I walk into a and room full of white people, I'm that. nervous. I'm nervous, but they not nervous. Because they like, oh, black person, let's go see what they're doing. But I'm nervous. They gravitate to us. Whether they like it or not, they gravitate to us. Right. So you see a black woman who is saying she's going to fix things and she's going to help you and your family. Why wouldn't you vote for her? Right, but they're having success. And like I say, I think in 2021, if I read correctly, if, don't quote me on this audience, but I think like 100... And 17, this is across the board um, in the U.S., um, black women uh, ran for political office. So in this primary, I, didn't, I couldn't find a number on this primary, this current 2022 primary, how many black women are running for office across the board in the mm -hmm. U.S. But they said that it's, it's an increase, the numbers have increased. It's a significant so it, increase. It's a significant increase. And, you know, you think about, um, we have a new, there's a new black mayor in um, Durham, um, 
North Carolina. My Google says she's been there since 2021. Yeah, so Elaine O'Neill is, mm-hmm. is her name. And I found, in my research, I found that she has an all-women governance board as well. You go, girl. The first all-women governance board in North Carolina. So, like, women are running the city of Durham. (laughs) Basically, women are running the city of Durham. So, I mean, um, I'm proud of them. I, I congratulate them. It makes me want to see, like, it makes me want to see how, what, 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 what is that city going to look like a year from now if they really do the things that they're trying to do? Right. And that's another thing that the article that I read was saying that these women that are running and winning are aggressively progressive candidates. Meaning they're just not getting elected just to have a title. Mm-hmm. They're actually doing the work and getting things done because and getting things taken care of like they're not figure basically they're not figureheads they are actually doing the work and getting things done and getting things taken care of and getting things you know in place because if we don't do it who else gonna do it to to they basically just paving the way for future women to build and that's another thing. They're they paving the way for women, period. Not just black women, which is what a white woman... Not, not, let me say that. Let me not say that. Because you don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. But historically speaking... Okay. <laughs> okay. Historically speaking... White women have paved the way for other white women. I, I, These I can, women are paving the way for all women. And I've I've experienced that personally. I've experienced that personally. So I I can speak from that on from a personal perspective. They like to say that it's for all women, but let's be real. Yeah. But again, we're gonna see what's going. What is the picture gonna look like in year or two years from for now. the city for the city of Durham? But like these women are getting things done. And, um, so, and even, and I, I really don't want to bring this up because I can't remember the representative, um, name. We got Google. From, Go ahead and uh, bring it up. <laughs> she represents, uh, is it the Virgin Islands and the, the black lady, the real tall she a senator from the Virgin Islands, or yeah, uh, yeah, she in North Carolina's um, black woman that's a um, in the Senate. Virgin. But anyway, she was the only um, one that was really willing to call a thing Stacey a thing. Stacey E. Pulaski. What's what what she is a congresswoman. She a congresswoman. Serving the Virgin Islands of the United States. Oh, she's a bad black woman too. She a baddie. Yeah, that's her. That's her. That's her. That's her. Okay. That's her. But Do she it was, with class and style. <laughs> I see you, sis. Yeah, she was the one one of the people 
willing to call a thing a thing, you know, because they're... I'm sorry, but this website she got is, is everything. <laughs> it, it really the is. Congress is, is addressing, since the Buffalo shooting, they're, you know, addressing this issue. And she was one of the few people that was willing to call a thing a thing and saying, look, you know, this this uh, race replacement theory. We have congressional members. We have elected officials mm -hmm. that support this. Mm -hmm. And we need to call them out because they're, they're, they're supporting and advocating this type of behavior. And they need to be called out and addressed. And she, she named some names in... Um, That's what I was talking meeting. about. <laughs> call them out. Put them on front straight right now. <laughs> I mean, she's naming names in media, like, you know, people on Fox News that's, that's, that's supporting this theory, you know, she's, and that's, that's the value of having black women in political, that's one of the values of having black women in political positions. They are willing and unapologetically willing the, the newer ones. I'm not saying some but of the old ones. Do you think that's because more, they have more support now than the old school ones that were back in the it's day? It's probably they probably do have more support because I don't get me wrong. The old school ones paved the way for the ones that's there now. Because the only person that, that comes to my mind is Shirley Chisholm. Shirley Chisholm. That was like really about, out there in your face. But don't forget about thing thing. don't forget about Aunt Maxine too. Okay, okay. She'll call a thing a thing. She too. will call a thing a thing. You're right. You right. You're but right. I feel like they paved those women. Those black political leaders have paved the way for people like this young lady here, mm. who feels the who has the boldness. How, how I want to get that right. Who has the boldness to call a thing a thing and and be unapologetic about it. You know what I'm Her saying? Her name is Stacy E. Plaskett. That's how you say that, right? P-L-A-S-K-E-T-T? -T? I, I think that's that's close. Listen, but I'm not sure because... The hair is laid to this picture. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you better. Yeah, the but... The website yeah. is together. She got all of the things. She got her ish together. <laughs> yeah, because she be wearing some nice suits too. Um, when she be presenting to um Okay, Miss Stacy. I see you. Yeah. I have to have to follow her on social media. Yeah. But anyway, but I think the people like you say, uh Shirley Chisholm, um Auntie Maxine Waters, I think um they paved the way for these other black women to have the confidence and the boldness. Let me ask you a question. To be so earlier, we talked about it's time now that we realize that we need to take care of things ourselves and form a coalition. I personally feel like this coalition needs to be headed by black women. Non-black women. It's gonna be people that have an issue with that. But I think black women are already doing it, though. Don't you? I mean, because it, at the 
end of the day, the, the way things are going to change, I think it takes a lot of areas for things to change and be better, like economic development, stuff like that. I think mm -hmm. every every area has its role mm -hmm. and every area has its place. Mm -hmm. But until we can change things in Laos, Mm -hmm. But not necessarily change things in Laos, because Laos already exists to support equity and equality. So make them laws work for us. Right. It's just a matter of having people in place that's going to enforce the laws and make them equitable. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. The last thing, let's, the last thing that I would like to discuss with you personally, how do you feel about the Roe versus Wade situation and that being, I get, what's the word? Um, it's not overturned. Challenge. I think, I think it's a political move because we're in the 2022 primaries in 2024. Four, we will be going through another election for a president. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a political ploy to rally. So you think it's a distraction? Yes. I think it's a political ploy to rally GOP constituents and get them stirred up and and inspired to make it to the polls in 2024. I think that's what that's all about. But ho my hopes is that it will work on both sides. Like, you know, but, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, these people in these judicial appointments mm -hmm. that's making laws for the land, like they have lifetime terms. Like mm. <laughs> that's why, that's why I feel like voting, especially on the local level, is so important. Be especially for these judicial positionings, like mm -hmm. these are uh, these uh, district attorneys, mm -hmm. and 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 because um, judges. Mm. Because these people have long terms. They do. And these people are making decisions on laws that affect your life. That can affect your life forever. Mm -hmm. Not just mm -hmm. <laughs> short term. I guess until somebody overturn it or try to change the law. But once something is in writing, and once something is in law, and once something is in black and white, it's it's done. Yeah. And I think we need to be more conscious, a lot more conscientious of the people we elect and appoint in these positions. Yeah. Well, we gotta wrap this up because we're about to reach our sixty minute mark. Okay. <laughs> Like it's been that long, but okay. See, wrap it up for us. Wrap it up for us. 
<laughs> you asked the wrong person to do that. Um, I just mean, we're talking just about highlight a lot. the the points. What what we want our audience to take away from this conversation? The future is black women. Yes, that's it. That's honey. it. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. <laughs> That's the wrap up. The future is black women. Either get with it or get lost. Boom. Boom. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week. Bye.